0: I guess that noise means we are recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Total Italian Football Podcast to talk to you about what has been a really good and exciting, well, good, maybe not, but exciting, absolutely, match day 15 of Serie A so far. I am Conor Clancy, back to host again two in a row. I'm getting into a little run of it now. I've got Ewan Burns here with me. Hello, Ewan.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm well. How are you? Not bad. It's been very seamless getting to this point of the evening. So. Very seamless in that it has been the opposite of that. It has been seamful, if you will. Um, is that everywhere. Word? I'm overtired <laughs> and giddy this weekend because yesterday was a bit mad. Today hasn't been much better, but it's been better. Um, but we've got a full house of friends here, Ewan, don't we? It's not just me and you, thankfully. We've also got Vito Doria. Vito, hello, how are you?
2: Hi, Connor. Been very busy, to be honest. And it's not just the uh, total Italian football stuff. A lot of things going on with me in the outside world. So, yeah, busy time, especially with Christmas coming up soon. I do not have an outside world this weekend.
0: So, I'm pleased that you're having a nice time. Hello, Kev Fugzelski. You're also here. Are you in the outside world or the diff world? I'm in the outside
3: world. I don't have a Christmas, though. So, that's perfect. We've by choice. Yep, finally agreed that we will have no presents this year in our house, even though we will be spending Christmas Day in Liverpool and not abroad. Uh,
2: First time time
3: in all the time I've known you, I think. Yeah, about 10 years, apart from one lockdown Christmas, yeah.
0: Um, Is that because of the recent move you've decided to just take it easy this year?
3: That and how busy we realise we are because we're in Brussels next weekend, then we're then it then but then it is christmas weekend right? Okay, and we've got half a day i think to ourselves so yes christmas is not happening we're not gonna suddenly go and rush around and buy crap presents like you would do probably if you were given two hours to choose presents for your loved one um
0: not worth it a good idea i think you've chosen wisely and there's plenty of football to come between now and christmas i think this is match day 15 we've just had match days 16 and 17 are to come before christmas and we're going to have to find a way to make things work there. But anyway, shall we talk about what we've seen so far? Because it's been a good one. It all kicked off on Friday night with Juventus's 1-0 win over Napoli at the Allianz Stadium, which temporarily sent them top. Verona Lazio finished 1-1. Lazio's season just continues to be baffling. And then the highlight of the season so far happened in Bergamo, where Luis Muriel scored the most audacious of goals past arguably the best goalkeeper in Serie A, in the 95th minute to give Atalanta a 3-0 win over Milan. And I lost my little head. And then Inter went back to the top of the table with a 4-0 win over Udinese on the late game on Saturday. Sunday's action kicked off with a 0-0 between Frosinone and Torino. Monza beat Genoa 2-1. Bologna go level on Roma in fourth place after a 2-1 win over Selenitana in Campania. And then Sunday's action ended with... A little bit more chaos in the capital because Roma went 1-0 up very early on at home to Fiorentina. Loads of red cards were shown. Lukaku nearly killed someone. Um, He didn't really, but I was scared. And it finished 1-1. Roma finished with nine men on the pitch. Fiorentina had someone sent off from their bench as well. Don't really know who. There are two games to come on Monday, Empoli Lecce and Caleri Sassuolo. So the action isn't finished yet, but we will be back to talk about that. On patreon.com slash total Italian football later in the week with the bonus podcast. You can sign up for as little as two euro a month, and you will be getting this week the women's football podcast to talk about women's serie, a, Serie Femminile, which has returned from its international break. And then just any other business from the world of Italian men's football as well. So I don't really know where we should start this week, to be honest with you. So Ewan Burns, where would you like us to start this week?
1: Shall we go with what just happened, as we record, which is Roma? Because there was quite a lot in that, and it just happened. It's fresh. Yeah. You've got to draw on the freshness.
0: Saddens that you're making me do this, but okay, yes, let's. Shall we? Roma Ludekaku put... Right, just before we get into this, this match sums up Roma quite nicely, I think, because they went 1-0 up inside five minutes. Paolo Di Bala played a worldly of an assist to Lukaku's head, who bravely headed at home. Then Di went off injured inside half an hour. <laughs> Romo went down to 10 men with Nikola Zalevski getting sent off. Two minutes later, Lucas Martinez-Quarta leveled for Fiorentina. Then just before the end of the game, Romelu Lukaku got sent off and it all just went a little bit mad. You and what What have we just seen in the capital? We did have Alistair McKenzie there and he has actually tried to explain what he saw both on Our social channels in video form and on the website in written form. So do head over and find those things. But you and if people haven't seen those, talk to me about it.
1: What's so weird about it is that it's ended up, under the circumstances, almost being a decent point. (laughs) It seems about how the game started. You start with a really good goal, think, okay, cool, let's go and do a big win. And then you end up drawing one all, and you've got two. I say two good players sent off. One is probably your most important player so far this season, and the other is a useful player in Zaleski. Um And I don't know if you saw actually, Roma did a press blackout after the game.
0: I didn't <laughs> in, know that, did they? In,
1: in processed at the decision. seems to be specifically more about Zalewski's second yellow. Um, I've not seen what his first yellow was, but to, to me, the second one did look like a yellow it was the yellow card wasn't he, it yeah, he, you know he stuck a leg out when he didn't need to it was, it's dafty it was it was the action of someone who's forgot they're on a yellow um so yeah the, the club are far from happy it, it was it was just like it was good angry scenes towards the end like the the Lukaku tackle you don't want to see that that, that could have been a much more uh damaging thing for Kwame than it was um but the the general anger and Italiana basically being on the pitch and Mourinho seeming to talk to a ball boy. Um <laughs> all that sort of stuff. It's just all very good fun, Kevin.
3: It makes me wonder if if that's the punishment if they're contesting a yellow card. You know, what do they what do they up it to if they get a if they if they don't agree with a red card, do they take away all the food? in the sort of journalist room do they turn the lights out in the referees changing rooms if they sort of want to protest both of the red cards it's a it's a little petty um
0: wouldn't you think yeah it's Roma, and it's joseph and Mourinho. Mourinho.
3: <laughs> yeah I know, locked
1: I know. under the stadium it feels <laughs> like the they should have a cell.
3: protocol for this though that's the thing you I'm know just thinking
0: just... as you said about the food they couldn't in Rome because the food is given out to you in a little bag before you go up to the press box. So we're safe. They don't give you one next time. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, stick you on the no food list. <laughs> they've they've got food for the others, but if you've said something about it, I wouldn't be half surprised, you know. It would be excellent to go there. Um, Although there was one time when I went there, this is interesting to nobody, I pretended to be Alistair McKenzie to get his food because they wouldn't give me mine. Um, That's not quite what happened, but anyway. Anyway, yeah, How could um, that
1: possibly be what happened? No,
0: we got in and you know the problems that I have here with my name. Yeah. So I went in and I was saying my name and oh, they Lord, were Lord, looking Lord. at me like, what are the noises you're making? And then they realized that it was vaguely foreign so they just said Alistair's name back at me because they were looking at their list. So I had the <laughs> opportunity to just take his accreditation Um, and then I went in and I tweeted that I had taken his accreditation and he messaged me seriously concerned
1: that i had <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea that you're both there but you nipped down and got his food as well as your own
0: yeah that would have been <laughs> nice it would have been nice but no the sandwiches are okay at rome but it's it's not the best food that you get at press boxes that will go to well but people don't want to hear about this um Vito roma had one shot on target
2: yeah and it was that lukaku hit it that was the only one <laughs> otherwise the they didn't mm. hit it. yeah Man, otherwise, you know, even though a few times they tried to counterattack, they didn't really offer much. And when you lose someone like Dybala, in Roma's case, especially under Mourinho, pretty much all their creativity goes out the window.
0: It does go out the window. And I'd be concerned if I were a Roma fan. I am concerned because Paulo Dybala is one of the players in Serie A at the moment who gives me more joy to watch than most of the others, to be honest. But you and I tweeted... Probably 30 seconds after the goal, that Tammy Abraham, if fit, doesn't get near this Roma team at the moment because Lukaku and Dubala have just been so good. now Lukaku is probably going to be out for three games and Dubala's going to be out for a while. Yeah. And suddenly Roma have no options in attack because Abraham, of course, is, is not available. So, um, Roma fans, including you, Mr. Burns, I can just hold my hands up and say I'm sorry for making that happen.
1: Incidentally, your, tw- your tweet reminded me that Tammy Abraham exists, actually. Mm-hmm because I genuinely had forgotten. Um I mean, you know, he brought on Moon, who seemed like yeah, Mourinho said some weird things about Asmoon when he joined, but he basically alluded to the idea that he can't be that good if we're getting him late in the window <laughs> on a on a loan or whatever it was. Um he he's had he's had a couple of decent moments, but yeah, it, it's a drop off from Robin Delgado. Um you know, Belotti started the season very well, but Ha- hasn't kicked on from there um like i say it is all a bit light um it will be it'll be fascinating when abraham does come back because we, we know he can be fantastic um but we've also kind of seen that he, he is a player who's got range in that sense he, he can have some shocking games as well and you know last season was basically entirely shocking um but yeah there'll, there'll be a lot to juggle there if he ever has everyone available at once it's just whether you actually want many of those components. It's never going to happen.
0: It's, it's absolutely never going to happen. But I, I think if we're looking at this, Kev, it's probably a better point for Fiorentina than it is for Roma, isn't it? Like, going into the game and given how it started.
3: Yeah, they're away from home. They've been slightly, slightly more inconsistent than Roma. So I think if you're walking away from Rome, even with the, the two sort of second half red cards, you're still quite happy. Because it puts you in that position going into the, you know, well, what will be a, a quite a short winter break, and then the second half of the season sort of starting. And yes, yeah, I think they'll be, I think they'll
0: be happy enough as they leave. Sorry, we're, a little we're more, using, yeah, a little more to add on that. <laughs> we're, we're using a, a, a different technology to record today, and we're all terrified of something going wrong. So I'm just trying to work a couple of things all... out, and so
3: is you and. But, we're all terrified of having to repeat whole words hmm. in about an hour's time. Look,
0: uh, we've, we've had to do that before, and I don't fancy doing that today, but we'll see. But I, I do want to move on, and we're going to go up north, all the way north to Bergamo, because guys, the moment of the season has happened. I don't care what happens between now and May or June or whenever it finishes, because Luis, Muriel, Lucho, oh my God, what? did he do? Atalanta beat Milan 3-2. I think it's the first time in six or seven games that they've managed to beat Milan after having had quite a decent record against them for a while before that. But this was just a game packed full of excitement, twists, turns, goals, fun, red cards, the whole lot, Vito. If you're a neutral sitting down to
2: watch a game on a Saturday evening,
0: this is exactly what you want to see.
2: It certainly was, and yeah, it was one of those games where from start to finish, it was worth watching. Uh, you know, uh, for this game in particular, I thought, you know, this was a return to the Atalanta of a few years ago where they weren't afraid to uh, face anyone. They played their football and got the, got the results to get it. And uh, Muriel, to win it like that, that was a stupendous backheel.
0: Before we get on to the back hill, it's interesting that you've said that, Vito, about them being a little bit more caution to the wind in this game. And if you look at the team, they only had two defenders, so or two centre-backs, rather. So I'm not shocked Mm -hmm. by that. Like Martin Jerome was playing at center back, so they were kind of reverting to their old ways out of necessity, really. And might it be a a decent thing in terms of, from a neutral's perspective, to see Atalanta having to play like this again?
2: I think so because it seems that probably in the last year or two, maybe Gasparini's gone for a slightly more cautious approach or they're just not scoring the same way that they used to. However, in this particular game, not only did we see Darun having to play in defence, but Scalvini, although he did defend well, but he was also going forward quite a fair bit. And there was one particular chance you know, that's eventually fell to Lukman but uh, his initial shot was the one that got saved, Then he perhaps probably should have scored that chance, and that might have killed the game off earlier for Ladea.
0: Yeah, that was an incredible run that got him free in the box after two slide tackles while running forward with the ball. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant performance from, from Scalvini. But the man of the weekend, I think, Kev, was was Luis Moriel, wasn't it? Because, good God, if if there's a better goal to be scored this season... There won't be one that I enjoy more than that.
3: Yeah, and you know, you use the word audacious, and I wish I'd put that in something that I wrote earlier. So I might go back and edit that uh, <laughs> when, we, when we finish, because uh, I went through the thesaurus on my uh, word doc I'm trying to try and look for uh, a suitable, a suitable term to describe it. And it is, it's. It, I, I put on Twitter or whatever it is these days um, that it is probably the best winning goal of well certainly the best winning goal of the weekend and arguably the best winning goal of the season if you just discount uh you know late winners for your side but then you got this uh from both sides of the coin there that you're watching your side do this and uh if you watch some of the roma uh, some of the atlanta crowd you see the looks of shock on their face
2: mm.
3: and it's that you know it, it's just not that energy of winning the game but it's just the the, the you're almost semi-laughing as you're celebrating, yeah, 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 um, I was.
0: I, I stood up and I had my hands on my head and I just started to laugh.
3: yeah and I, I don't think um sorry, Ewan, but I don't think I've ever experienced that until about sort of the fifth goal against Manchester United went in last year for Liverpool where it, it, it's just it's just hilarious. it's just hilarious at that point, you know <laughs> it's like it's like it's like, wow, but you know what has it's what is hilarious. going on? I don't know but it's, it's just like what is going on? And it took me a second to work out what he'd done and yeah, it was it was anybody else, you think it's a, you know it's a fluke or whatever, it's just they've done it because they've been forced to do the only thing they can do, where you think he's he's probably thinking about that and he's obviously he's got the mind quick enough to sort of do that yeah. sort of say, audacious audacious flick. It was yeah, it was phenomenal.
0: I, I put out a tweet saying like it, it He took the piss. In the way that only he can. And then I was I was sent the commentary of, I think it was Patrick Hendrick was on it. I'm not sure who for. And he said, it, it's a goal that only Lewis Muriel could score. And while all of that is true, you were talking about the reactions. Muriel couldn't believe it either. Because he was running around like doing the hand gesture to say, oh my God, what have I just done? And I made this point to you in, in a WhatsApp message earlier. But to score that goal is one thing. To score that goal in the 95th minute is another thing. To score that goal in the 95th minute when you're an Atalanta player playing against Milan and the goalkeeper is Mike Maignan, that's a whole other thing again. And there was just so much to love about this goal. And the fact that it's Lucho scoring it and he's starting to show signs again of his old self this season, I couldn't get enough of it.
3: But I think it's also that very small window into why he hasn't always been every manager's cup of tea. Mm because he has the ability to do that i thought this. But, you know nine times out of ten that won't come off you know it will roll so narrowly wide of the the goal post and if you're 2-2 with uh, a big a rival for champions league this year because they're yeah, yeah. not in the total race uh and you are just wanting to take a touch and chip it or take a touch and lay it across the box and yeah it's that small little indication as to why maybe uh he's not for every coach
0: Oh, but he is for Gasparini, Kev. He is, and it doesn't it that doesn't feel like it should work, but it just does. But anyway, um, should we talk about Milan a little bit because Bernsey ovic has come in for a lot of criticism basically for as long as he's not been an Eintracht Frankfurt player, but he's starting to find a little bit of form at Milan. I think he scored in his last two. Now he scored here again, um. He was criticised in the Italian press before the Fiorentina game, I believe it was. He scored and Raphael Leo kind of went on to Twitter and told everybody to shut up. Or it wasn't the Fiorentina game, was it? He did something in a game and Raphael Leo went on to Twitter and told everybody to shut up. Um, Are we getting ahead of ourselves to say that he might have a role to play or does he deserve a little bit more respect than
1: that? He's in quite an interesting position, isn't he? Because he, he came in last second as... Basically, fifteenth choice striker, um, and it is a permanent deal, but it's a one-year deal. Um, so he 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 basically has less than a year because you know these things take a bit of time to make the decisions. He had less than a year to show why he should get another year or another two, three years, whatever. Um, up until these last two games, not a hope in hell because done absolutely nothing it's not just that he hadn't scored he'd done nothing um, after 10 games though well not really I suppose <laughs> 10 games
0: in a four-year contract is different to 10 games in a one-year contract i'll take your point
1: yeah you know it's not like he just joined the league or something like you know he he was already in the environment and, and he just hadn't shown anything um but you know like i say he scored two goals now so you know that is showing something It's going to take more than that, you'd think, to get a contract because they're looking at strikers and have been looking at strikers for basically since they got Giroud. Because, yeah, he was old when they got him and he's still old. Um, He's getting older. (laughs) Exactly. That's how it goes. Um, And they need to replace him. And, you know, it certainly doesn't look like at this point that Jovic is that replacement. It's going to be somebody that they stump up some cash for, whether Jovic is still at the club when that happens. Remains to be seen, but he's probably going to have to get more than two goals to, um, make that happen. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, if he doesn't score again between now and the end of the season, I'd imagine they won't be looking to extend his stay. Perhaps not. No. Um, Friday night, probably a bit less fun than what happened on Saturday evening in Bergamo, but Juventus wait, got another wait. big win.
1: Oh, can I briefly talk about Pioli? Just because, right? You know, he's one of the coaches that, as soon as Milan lose a game, everyone's like, "Thank him. Yeah. Um, I at this point, well, like when Kev said earlier that they're not in the title race, uh, at this point, I sort of feel like the Newcastle game—if they play badly there, like if they, they they can win that game and still not go through—but if they don't win that game at all, they, like those calls are going to start to feel a bit he, more legitimate.
0: He did sign a new contract about three
1: weeks ago. No, but they're they're genuinely the noise is so much louder now than maybe it's just because of where I work. But the noise feels so much louder right now because they as far as they're concerned, he's just he's he's ruining a lot of very good players. Basically, it's the way that they they're feeling now.
3: But also with that new contract, because I saw some saw some reports that part of this uh, aim to get Ibrahimovic back at the club. Was that Come he on. could he could take over as a as a joint coaching role with Abate, the old fullback.
0: Okay.
3: Um. So you know that will go tits up. So if they still got Pioli on contract, then he you know but get rid of him now, and then they can bring him back in March. You know he'll yeah. secure Champions League football, and then he'll still have two years to run on whatever extension he's just signed. And then hopefully we can do away with you know talk of Ibrahimovic suddenly becoming Milan coach.
0: That sounds insufferable. That, never
1: that contract that is happen. over a year old. Um, and, but, but supposedly, if you believe the report, um, after after the Newcastle game is when they're going to have some conversations, basically. The, the, you know those little rumblings that you get in, in, the, in the few weeks prior to a managerial dismissal? It, it just feels like quite a few of those rumblings are actually happening.
0: Oh wow, it is over a year.
1: My head. I yeah. You, you threw have, me when you said that. I was like, I, I know it wasn't a million years ago, ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thing
3: is, uh, which which club doesn't have those discussions? If even even with the even with the strength of the group that Milan are in, you know, who doesn't have those discussions to kind of do a little bit of a, you know, even mid season, what do you think went wrong? Do you think you've been here for too long? I don't know. I think. Yeah, it might not just be just about his contract, but whether they then say they plan for him to leave in the summer rather than, but like you say, I think they need a performance on Wednesday night rather than any expectation that they should somehow get themselves through. Because personally, I think Paris Saint-Germain will get the required result they need in Germany. And you know, Milan, I suppose, will maybe hope to be able to go into the Europa League just for the potential of a trophy and a little bit more income coming in
0: right I'm sick of talking about Milan Juve beat Napoli 1-0 they went up for a bit and Federico Gattone has just become a goal-scoring centre-back Vito I didn't see this coming
2: I would not have thought so especially from when he joined Juve but that's what he's become since he's arrived at that club and yeah, it goes to show that in that regard, he's uh, replaced both Bonucci and Chiellini in that aspect. They used to chip in with their share of goals and now Gatti's doing the same and he's got a good head on him, so he knows how to head the ball.
0: Best tweet of the weekend, I would say, Kev came from Juventus's Italian channel. I don't know if the match was still going on or if it just finished at this point, but they simply tweeted... Meow with an emoji of a cat, and I liked that very, very much. It made me laugh.
3: I was, I was desperately trying to get something in about him leaping like a feline to score the header, but <laughs> I just,
1: like a feline. I I
3: know, I saw, Z,
0: help me out here. I
3: don't know. It was one of those pouncing, all all these other things. I was.
1: I'm glad you didn't.
3: I, I know exactly. I was chewing. I was chewing all these things over in my head, and I just thought, no, they're all shit, so I'm not going to bother. But um, they play again Friday just to sort of take us off topic for four weeks so we can all forget my um my cat based uh <laughs> right in something three
0: Fridays in a row for you
3: yeah because this is I was trying to I was just trying to remember if they they beat Monza the other night when Gatti scored again and it's like Syria properly milking the fact they've got no European football, so they probably get some more milk. eyes on Juventus on a. Fr- oh, yeah,
1: there we
0: go. <laughs> look what I did there. I was looking at another screen, and I had yeah. to look over it. You would have smiled to see if you had yeah. that or not. <laughs> did that without even trying.
3: Um, yeah. However, you milk your cash cow more than your uh, your cash cash cat, don't you? But Sometimes. I'm sure that's what they're doing it for, just to get uh, just to get viewing figures on Friday night football in Syria. They can probably smell uh, sell some. A bigger advertising revenue I suppose but it's it's a bit harsh on Juventus fans yeah. to go to the stadium every well they'll be away this week I think but anyway it's harsh yeah, two on them of
0: them life. are away away at Monza and away at Genoa so they're not terrible trips but it's not ideal is it like I mean you still have to get home to Turin if you're going to Monza. or well the joke is ha, 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 none of them are from there. but you take the point that a lot of them will be um strange one but Juventus just keep Winning and again, Burnsy. I'm starting to think that it's going to happen.
1: I, I think it's going to happen in the sense of I think they'll be with Inter pretty much all the way. Mm. I still, I, I still, I appreciate that I backed me at the start of the season, but off from what we know right now, I still think Inter look like a stronger team. They're, they're getting all the results you are getting, and they're doing it with more goals. Um Yeah, the. There's a feeling around Inter that they will just win every game they play. Whereas, like with even with you, they beat in in that game. Yeah, you know, that didn't happen in a normal way. It still feels like they've got they've got those matches in them. Which that one they tend into a win, but I think there's going to be more of them where they don't quite turn it into a win.
2: I think with uh, Inter, uh, they're a more complete package in my view. So they're a team that knows how to defend very well, but uh, they've just been so fantastic going forward as well. So they've got the attacking threats in form, but you've got contributors, uh, you know, all over the pitch. And we'll probably discuss that more later on. But if we talk specifically you there, it's uh, your typical legally team. That's great defensively, but even though they got some decent midfielders, they struggled to pass the ball around and Kiez and Vlalovic, despite having a very good start early on, they've looked a bit off. So I think you've got some individuals at least outside of the defence that are probably not doing enough. And then another thing too is, this is the thing with Italian football, not enough teams apply pressure, not enough teams press at a great intensity. And I know they're not in Europe now, but again, I look at the big picture. Come next year, uh, Allegri can't be expected to play like that in European fixtures because even the smaller teams, if they just run rapidly or they just press very intensely i don't know if you can handle that
0: well is Allegri even going to be there next season whether they're in europe or not is another question altogether but kev a quick one on napoli because i thought the material appointment was was silly I, I well they had to do something didn't they because rudy garcia just wasn't working out um but they do look inter lost to inter aside. Better under him than they did under Rudy Garcia.
3: Um, yeah, I don't know if we can quite say that. Two games in, they they fashioned a few chances here, but there wasn't. There was a little bit of not enough purpose with it at times. It kind of they came through Juventus being a bit disjointed. The chance for Cravatschelio, which he probably should have done better with, kind of
0: came from from, from mistakes. You're being very kind there. It was a stinking miss. Yeah,
3: the, the goal that they scored came from Chesney's probably only bad thing he did on a night, which was tried to sort of play a long ball out to the to the to the wing and it just got it a bit too low, so it got headed back on to Osman, who was then offside. Um, but it's yeah, the thing is, I don't think they're ever going to play with like sort of the swagger they had last year. And in sort of the post game piece that I put up, um, just the, they've lost six games already this season. And, you know, Vito did a piece last year about Milan being probably like the yeah. worst title defence. And it feels like Napoli are slowly, slowly sort of snowballing towards that. Um, they just, you know, you can say they're exhausted from last year, but they did only win the league. It's not as if they went really, really far in all the other competitions that being said, oh, the Court Champions
0: League. But the Champions League, they did very well until that weird game in Naples against Milan.
3: Yeah, but, but but they also it had the because they had such a lead, they were able to sort of take their foot off the gas towards the end of the season, and
2: mm.
3: so uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I'm I'm not know i am i am not i have not never been a fan of Matsai really, um, so I, I I think they just need to get through the season now and hope they can cling on to Champions League football because if if they lose that many games to the second half of the season, that they'll be struggling to get a European
0: place. Roma are going to get top four and Juve are going to win the league and everyone's going to have a meltdown. Everyone's going to have a meltdown. And it's going to be very funny. But no, because I, I think I have this sneaking suspicion that Juve might do it. Milan are out of it in my eyes now, but Inter should win the league. Like Inter should have won the league last year and Inter should have won the league the year before. Last year, they were never in a position to do it. This year, they very much are. And Vito, I think it is hard to, to argue with anybody who makes the claim that this is Italy's best team.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it. Inter head and shoulders above the rest in this moment in time. And against Udinese, uh, you can say that the zebrette weren't a good enough opponent, but I don't think anyone put a foot wrong. Uh, there were the usual suspects, you know, Turam got his goal, uh, Shalonoglu bosses the midfield um lontaro he got his goal later on but he probably should have had another two dimarco plays as a left wing back scores and uh i thought bisek you know although he's quite raw i thought he had a pretty good game himself so when you get someone like bisek taking the place of someone like benjamin pavar uh i think that's a, a very positive thing
0: yeah i can't I- Good God, forgive me. I think it was on our website. It was. It was Al- Alessandro Bai who wrote from the Miata, wasn't it, who wrote about Bissek. He just looks like he gets it. He looks like he gets exactly what Nzaghi's trying to do with that interdiction. He seems like he understands the the intricacies and the complexities of Inzaghi's system, and he's just slotting in seamlessly, Kev. Yeah,
3: just it kind of related to the Bissek, because Vito mentioned Pavar being out. Did anybody see on their socials where Pavard was came onto the pitch at the end of the game, was applauding the crowd, a crowd, and uh Turam got down behind him and sort of went down on his hands and knees to trip him up. <laughs> he sort of stumbled over him and then he sort of chased him around the pitch. I was like, this is a bloke who dislocated his knee against Atalanta about four weeks ago. <laughs> and you and we, we do stupid shit like this when we're sort of in our mid twenties, you know, to your mates and stuff. You're like, come on, there is what? 50 million quid's worth of uh player there that you're potentially injuring. as he still got sort of two weeks before he they reckon he's going to be back in the um you know first team contention? But uh, yeah, I thought if I was in Zagi, I would not be happy with that. I wonder if he had a sort of quiet word in Jaram's uh ear as they got back into the into the dressing room
1: as a player. He's to, sorry, he's Go. doing that. To... Possibly the most high-profile name in the squad, actually. <laughs> when you think of what Pavar has done in his career, trophy-wise and stuff, he probably is the most decorated name in that team. <laughs> He's mucking mm-hmm. about with his fitness. I really enjoyed it because I didn't
0: realise it was Pavard. No, I still really enjoy it, but I hadn't realised it was him. And that is a whole other element to it, isn't it? Um, But on the pitch, good God, Taram and Lautaro were... It's it's not fair, Ewan, for them to be this good together already.
1: Yeah, it's. I've I've i got a feeling that Lukaku's tackle earlier was actually just all of the frustration I of that.
0: Not really distracted as I was saying that sentence there, actually, because as I was saying it, I glanced to my right and I was just a, a video on loop of Lukaku's tackle. So apologies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think. All of the rage from Lukaku of the previous year, and then also seeing somebody else play alongside Latara and seemingly be just as much as mate, and do fun celebrations with him and score loads of goals. He's he's got him worked out, and Buaime well, mean, was on the receiving end of it because those two. That, I mean, put it simply, that they're having fun. They're they're having fun playing football. That that's 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 what it is. They're both so good. Um I also I saw somebody make the very good point that there are a number of different strikers since Lataro has been at Inter who have massively benefited from playing alongside Lataro Martinez. Um obviously is one, Taram is now one, um Dzeko was another, though uh, uh Icardi an was one. <laughs> well Right. <laughs>
0: I know you're saying that to bait me. Someone and a half bite, Kev? <laughs> okay. Behave yourself.
1: He's got one or two goals, hasn't he? And he's not been fit for the for most of it. You one? <laughs> no, we don't like. Him.
3: He, arg- he arguably <laughs> was the catalyst for the catalyst of Bologna's run to fifth in the table. So, uh,
1: yeah, what, catalyst the- in the sense that he left the man <laughs> yeah, yeah, that everybody well. hates leaves, <laughs> and suddenly they're a good team. Yeah. He left, and they like got minutes, and now they're good.
0: But they were always better without him anyway. He just ran the f- dressing room last year in a horrific way. Um, but less of him, because like we don't... Well...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go on, clean up your mess. i am not clean it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it, it was not... It was raised on Twitter by Patrick Hendrick. He's getting a lot of mentions here, but it was his co-commentator, whose name always escapes me, who originally had made the point, I believe Patrick was saying. Um, but Inter just scary. It is silly. That front line they have is ridiculous. The fact that Hakan Chalunoglu just pops in with goals, whether they're screamers or penalties, just being so efficient from the spot as well. It's a scary prospect. Scary, scary prospect. Lazio. are just a bit rubbish, aren't they? Because they went away to Verona and they went 1-0 up after 23 minutes. And you kind of thought, okay, here we go. Lazio are going to get a win. And then Thomas Henry scored for Verona after 70 minutes. Verona went down to 10 men seven minutes later and they managed to hold on. They only had a shot on target. And Kev, they they frustrated them. Lazio just keep disappointing.
3: I think... um... Lazio frustrate themselves they certainly frustrate mm. their their fans um they've sort of scraped through their Champions League group by being equally as frustrating until they got the what a couple of goals against it. they've had all those late late goals but that sort of luck runs out I think we've mentioned that in the past and when they go ahead they look even more um terrible because then they've, they've got nothing to chase and then they just sort of slowly sort of go inside themselves and just play a really passive game. And Sarri's football is obviously a, a lot of possession base, but it's usually a bit more zip and a bit more purpose to the passing and the movement of the players. And they're, they're, they're missing something at the moment and they'll probably fish finish around mid table, but who knows, maybe then they can go and have a
0: run in <laughs> running Europe. So they're currently tenth. Do you think they're going to stick around there? You don't think they're going to climb the table and find a bit of form?
3: No, it's, it feels like two steps forward, one step back with them all the time this season. It doesn't feel like they've had sort of a run of consecutive wins or decent even performances that feels like they're going to get a run together. That was that was what kind of got them into where they were last year and and being fairly secure in Champions League um, position. So just don't see it coming this this time.
1: I can, I can envisage there being a managerial change there at some point in the season. Not necessarily as a way to have a pop at Sarri, but it's just that he's just his relationship with the club. It's not like he's mm. next to the exit door basically the entire time he's been there. Um, you know they, I, I can't. They're, they're through actually. Yeah, they're through in the Champions League, so that that is a good achievement. Um, but tenth in Serie isn't good enough. At this stage of the season there is time to change that i can um, hear
0: alistair mckenzie shouting at us so i do just want <laughs> to say only four points off fourth.
1: yeah it, it, it's it's tight part of the table but they're they're doing nothing that would suggest they can put a runner form together at the moment um and you know the way the champions league is and the way that they are they may well end up going through in second and they're probably not going to get through the round of 16 unless the draw is kind to them because the chances are they're going to come up against a team that are much better than them. Um So if, if they get knocked out of that in the next round and you're still kicking about around like eighth, ninth, everyone's going to get a bit aggy around there, I think.
2: I think that's pretty much uh, what all is going to say as well. I really do think that uh, they need that good run in Europe, especially Sari, to sort of keep his job, because if he's going to linger around mid-table, I don't think he's got much of a future at that club, and especially if they do miss out on Europe altogether, especially even in the Conference League, I think Lotito's going to just say bye-bye to Sari.
0: Well, that's your four points off fourth. A team who are level on points with Roma in fourth place are Bologna, Cavius smirking. Well, they're famously your favorite italian team um joshua Zirkzee looks excellent now that the big scary man who tries to dictate everything is left and they went away to Salernitana one two one it's not like an amazing scoreline or anything but they were two 0 up for a large part of this game before simi yes he's still about scored um I think everybody's happy to see Bologna in the European race again, isn't, aren't they?
3: Yeah, well, I've got, um, uh, you know, a fondness for Bologna, but largely for the city, I must admit, not not necessarily the team. When I saw Xerxes scored again, I thought, you know, he's doing really well. And then when I actually saw the highlights, it, they were somewhat fortunate. Salernitana were terrible, sort of defensively, for the, the start of that game where they sort of got into a two goal lead fairly early. But Thiago Motta as well, he's one of the players that you probably weren't very fond of as a player but it looks like he's doing some excellent work there and I felt that they were they were solidly mid-table under Mihailovic before all of the difficulties that that he had and obviously the sad way in which it all ended. So Motta did have a fairly good, if not sort of on the pitch players necessarily, sort of man for man. I think it, it felt like there was a very good atmosphere mm. there to build something and then obviously you've got a like to Lewis Ferguson that's come in and sort of They've had some they've had some real um sort of I well, made some real good signings uh I you know the last couple of years. Even like they kept Aaron Hickey for sort of one season. Um Orselini's come in, he's been hit and miss, and you know, he's he's done the business for them. But like you say, maybe Arnautovic was the catalyst getting him out of the club.
0: I'm not just saying this <laughs> to wind you up. I've heard things from people no, no, very no, close no. to that dressing room who told me. When Milivojevic was still there, he was a very problematic presence in the dressing room. And when I saw that he was being shipped out, I thought this is only going to be a good thing because I don't really like him as a player anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to say some of the things that was he was getting up to. Nothing like terrible, but just quite bad for a dressing room environment and a team sport. The,
3: the thing that's worried me, and it worried me at the end of last year for Bologna and maybe Bologna fans, is that. A few of those players would have been picked off during the summer, and also maybe Motta might have been mm. sort of um, encouraged to go elsewhere. And actually, it's—I mean—that this is testament that 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 didn't happen during the summer. And actually, if they can get something really positive out this season, it feels like that when we had—oh uh, god, god, this is going back some years now. But when you had uh, a <laughs> Mobile you—I well, no, when you had a mobile at Churchy at Torino, and they sort of they got they—they they do they played playing some nice football, and it just felt like. There was a collective squad or a nucleus of players there that could go so far. They weren't sort of picked apart by any of the big, big sort of more financially um, strong sides, and actually let them have a season and let them have that, and then probably they might get Europe this year, Bologna, but they probably be also be picked off during the summer and then do fuck all in it. But um, it's quite nice that they've stayed together.
1: Yeah, you're talking about Motta is very much right because if you read anything about. Milan, Lazio, Roma, Juve—any any of the clubs where you could imagine there being a changing manager, maybe at the end of the season or during the season. Motta is the first name that comes up. He's he's very much, you know, you know how like Italiano was last season. Motta yeah. is is the coach that <laughs> that everyone supposedly wants to turn to. Basically,
3: it just felt like if Vinzaggi hadn't taken into to the Champions League final last year, Motta was
0: just stepping in there. Mm. I'm he's really pleased that he is still there, though, because I think that move would have come just a little bit too early for him because as much fun as we're having with him at Bologna and as good as he has been before he went to Bologna, he is still in the very early stages of his coaching career. So you don't want to make him making that jump to a big club too soon because we've seen that happen a few times before and not go to plan. I didn't throw to anyone there, so, so apologies. <laughs> but I, I was replying to Kevin, so I did think. But anyway, that is my fault, Kev. I'll take responsibility for that. Um, <laughs> owning mistakes on this podcast, as we do, isn't that right? Uh, yeah, I tried to. I didn't. I don't always <laughs> think you're gonna you're gonna
3: listen listen back. I thought you only listen to the first five minutes of the pods if I'm um hosting or if somebody else is hosting. So, uh,
0: no, I would uh, like to know what you're up uh, to. Yes,
3: um, but anybody who didn't listen last week. I did apologize for believing that Connor had announced that the 13th match day was the third match day.
0: It's not just that you um, believe that, it, Kev, it's that you had the audacity, there's that word again, to correct me for something that I hadn't done. But I was it's, correcting it's okay. On
3: behalf of the listeners, I wanted but, them to be sure which week we were on.
0: But they <laughs> will have known because I said
3: 13. Yes, but you know, I, I honestly. Uh, thought that you said the third yeah 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 come on let's
2: get on with this we're wasting time what's going on
3: here (laughs) Vito's got a coffee he's got he's got he's got he's got a coffee woman up downstairs he must have (laughs) I've just got sandwiches to make for tomorrow (laughs)
0: I've never seen this happen before so I'm quite scared Vito Monta beat Genoa 1-0 you can talk about that
2: woohoo yeah and surprisingly Colpani didn't score the winner it was Danny Motta, but uh, Colpani Sorry,
0: now I know why you wanted to move on because this was next on the list, didn't
1: right, Mario's on, in the lobby,
0: he's whooping.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you don't have Melanovsky not scoring a banger, you lose. <laughs> it's there, you go, it's as simple as that.
0: <laughs> it is as simple as that. Uh, months are secretly doing quite well, though. Everybody's talking about. A lot of other teams, namely Bologna, overperforming and over overperforming, but Monster are sitting pretty in ninth, and they themselves are just four points off the top four, which is crazy. Visa,
2: yeah, and I think they're an outside chance for at least the conference league. I do think, you know, with Raffaele Paladino, they have the style of play set in, a know his system. And also, I think with the inconsistencies with some of the other sides, like we've mentioned Lazio previously, I think they're in a position to capitalise on that. The other
0: game, I think it's the only other game left, right? Uh, Frozen only three and I finished nil-nil. So, Kev, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about that.
3: Well, I just realised when I'm putting the notes, it's the... <laughs> oh, cool that... Uh, Genoa Monza was the last game. I believe, i have not even written it down, but I do remember it. It was the early game as well, wasn't it? I, yeah. I saw it. I was in—I was in a pub this afternoon. And I saw it come in nil-nil at half time, Rosinone, Torino, and I thought, "Yeah, I'm not gonna—I'll have another no. point I'm not gonna rush home and <laughs> get <laughs> to the second half of that." So, uh, yeah, um the less said, the better, I think.
0: Yeah, you chose wisely. He was one of those. I only realised this game had happened before we came on air to record because I was watching a different game. What was I watching half twelve? Bernsey. roma Milan women wasn't roma. it and then a half past one there was the Arsenal Chelsea women game which kind of rolled and I was doing both and then that kind of rolled on into something else that came on a little bit later, which I can't remember. Como Napoli Napoli Como so it was a busy day that got forgotten and I don't think I missed much. So apologies listeners if you did watch that or if you are aware of something mad that happened in that game, but I'm not. It was a busy Surely day.
1: nobody watched all of it. Huh? Surely nobody watched all of it. You don't Might know. Might have watched a bit. <laughs> and then yeah. thought, yeah, Sundays are precious. Let's not the watch referee, all of these. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would hope so. Empoli Lecce and Caleri Sassuolo are both Monday evening games. Empoli Lecce is half past six Italian time. And Caleri Sassuolo, I think I said that wrong a minute ago, but is 2045 which is what quarter to nine italian time um so work it out wherever you are in the world as discussed on previous podcasts this season though and just to to reinforce it if for whatever reason one week or another this podcast does not appear where you usually find it go to spotify and search for total italian football podcast and then you can subscribe to that feed because that feed will always contain the most up-to-date podcasts any given week. It's the only place where I can guarantee that that will happen is on the Total Italian Football Podcast feed. If you're listening under any other name, you need to start listening under that because we've had a couple of messages, we've had a couple of tweets, we've had a couple of emails. You need to search for the Total Italian Football Podcast and subscribe there and you won't miss a single episode. Anyway. We will be back with bonus episodes during the week. Bernsey and I will be chatting through the latest Women's Serie A action. Bernsey, it was good another good weekend. Um we've had four of the five matches played. There's another to come on Monday evening. Um Roma just keep winning though.
1: They do keep winning. They, they they did a little trick were they for a little bit weren't they winning. They did do a but, trick this week, didn't they? But then they started winning. Um <laughs> Juve want to get as well. Juve hammered
0: (laughs) Emiliano. Juve with a lot of problems as well looked scarily impressive.
1: Yeah, a a rare Monday game caught me off
0: guard. Mm. Um, Annoying as well because I wanted to go to it. It's Sassuolo Fiorentina, but I can't get back from it. So it would be a perfect little place to go, but I literally can't get back because of Italian trains. So thank you, Train (laughs) Italia.
1: I don't think they put the game then. It's a six actually. o'clock
0: match, though. You should be able to get back from one place yeah, that is at 8pm. It's I mad. I it was
1: a bit later than that.
0: No, six <laughs> o'clock. There's no trains after like half five or something ridiculous. Um, From Sassuolo back to Modena or Reggio Emilia. Reggio Emilia will be preferable. But anyway, I've made other plans. So, life goes on. We'll also have a bonus podcast to talk about other bits in the men's game later in the week. So, say goodbye, Vito Dorio. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Kev Wazowski. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I was trying to remember what his name was. From I can only think of Sully, because that's me. And say goodbye, Burnsy boy.
1: I don't have a name. That was weird, wasn't it? Goodbye. I... It was <laughs> very airy. It was airy.